It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. into the truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I'm your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Always glad to make sure that all you guys that are listening understand just on the off chance that you might be one of the many people who actually listen to the show 
outside of the normal rotation. For example, if you happen to listen to the rebroadcast at KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, or if you listen to a rebroadcast at KDIL 105.7 FM, Kennewick, Washington, or if you might just possibly be listening at WCET 101.7 FM, Columbia Stock in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, whom we are attempting to do the simulcast live broadcast right now. For those folks, if you're listening to a rebroadcast, thank you so very much. I understand the time of the live broadcast is, in fact, December the 1st. It is just a few brief moments after 3 p.m. Eastern, and we are broadcasting live at that time. Of course, if you are not here live at that time, eh, you're listening to a rebroadcast. So some of this might sound a little dated to you. And if that's the case, first of all, I apologize. Secondly... And the uh, points are still valid. It's just that simple. All right. I'm still having issues. Now, we were unable to do the live Friday broadcast uh, simply because we were having internet and electric issues that were just going absolutely crazy uh, almost all day Friday. I don't know what the deal was. But here in the studio, it kept going dark, and then when the power would come on, we still wouldn't have internet connectivity, all of which are required for me to do this at the studio. So it was what it was, and we got all the way up to the point that we were literally moments before uh, time to air, which would have left me no time to actually get the show going. Now, we could have went late, but we still didn't have consistent service well until Friday, well into Saturday. About halfway through the day. So at any rate, for those of you that were looking forward to that, I do apologize. That is the circumstances for which we had. Uh, taking a peek in the chat room real quick before we get any further in. want to give shouts out to Crazy Cajun. Happens to be an engineer that works with WCET 101.7 FM Columbia's Talk. And uh, shortly thereafter, we've got Chief who joined us in as well. So thank you guys for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate you guys being here live. Uh, hopefully a few more folks will join us in a bit, but we will get started here momentarily. I just ask for your patience because even now, the uh, internet speeds are not what they're supposed to be. <laughs> and I do still have some legitimate concerns of possibly losing connection as we go through. Uh, it's part of the joys of doing this thing live. You always have to worry about what's happening here and what's going on there and so many things that are beyond your control, which really, really makes me think that it might be uh, beyond time for me to just go ahead and uh, bite the bullet and do full podcasting and just start recording. But the problem with that is I don't get to have the live interactions. I enjoy uh, having Chief in the chat room saying clever things half the time, funny half the time, not as funny as he thinks because he's attacking me. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're always funny. Uh, enjoy having Vorp in with us when he's here. Uh, bringing it boy and Suzette are always great to have in. Uh, even when Annie pops in, which hasn't been as frequently lately, she's been pretty busy though. Uh, you know, all those things. Certainly love having that interaction. And on those occasions when we've been able to do the live simulcast uh, over at WCET, uh, getting the, the occasional folks saying, hey, uh, via the uh, 
chat room capabilities over there, letting uh, Crazy Cajun know it. Uh, love hearing from you guys too. Let's us know that you guys are in, <laughs> in here and paying attention. So with all that having been said, what do you say I actually get to the business of doing the show? I mean that is kind of what we are here for. Again, it is Christmas time now, so we'll have Christmas music in the rotation. It's going to start this broadcast. It's officially, as I said earlier, December 1st, the time of the live broadcast. So we'll work some of that in. But I've also got a backlog of Edward's notebooks to try to get worked in as well. So we'll have to uh, do a little bit of breaking them up, doing a, a couple uh, per hour and uh, we'll do different ones for each of the two hours of the live broadcast. So just be on the lookout. For those of you who are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, you'll probably hear those broke up. So don't be surprised if you hear two today, two different ones tomorrow, and then hear the two from today again after that. Just, you know, in case you were thinking, hey, what's that? I don't understand it. Okay, anyway, enough of all that. Um Let's jump in with a couple of cases that involve the court. I, I've got three stories on the show description for the course of the two-hour uh, broadcast live, and all of them all, – uh, all, blah, 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 blah. three of the four have a lot to do with our judicial system, and more importantly, it has a lot to do with circumstances that need to be fixed. Uh, however, this first one is about personal responsibility and what happens when you don't perform the job the way you're supposed to. In this case, we're talking about an incident where there are two men who have been previously charged with sexual assault that have had their charges tentatively dismissed after the prosecutor in charge of the case ended up having to resign over allegations of misconduct. Now, this is one of those situations where I don't know how many times that you've paid attention to this kind of thing, but we have seen uh, convictions overturned because a judge was engaging in misconduct, and we will see a situation here where these charges have been dropped because of misconduct from the prosecutors. There's a reason why we have the rules that we have, boys and girls, and the idea… Although it is difficult, the idea is to try to get as close to getting actual justice as we can, particularly with the criminal justice side of things. Now, um, a little more specifics here, and then we'll get back more to the generalities of why this is a bad thing, just in case you need me to explain it to you, which, hey, I'm guessing most of you guys out there don't, but, eh, you know, it's kind of what I do. Okay, so. One of the accused men lived in Detroit's rather affluent Oxford suburb. The other has a stepson, and uh, both cases here, the, these gentlemen's names are available. But because the charges have been dismissed, at least tentatively, meaning that they will look back into this and there is a chance they still may, may be charged again, rather than risk any undue influence in that situation… I'm not going to give you any of their names, but both were investigated back in 2015 for the alleged sexual assault of a child under the age of 13. 
Now, the Detroit Press – I'm just sorry, the Detroit Free Press, important to get the names right, reported that the uh, Oakland County Sheriff's Office had investigated the cases against the two men in 2015 and submitted its finding to the prosecutor's office, which at that point in time ended up not charging the two men because it couldn't establish that the crime had actually occurred. So this is one of those occasions where you would hear everybody on the left get riled up. Hey, all women must be believed. In this case, we're talking about a child. In this case, we're talking about a 13-year-old who appears to have been assaulted. Now, I'm on board with the full need to investigate, but I'm also definitely on board with the whole notion, the idea of due process. So if we go through the investigative process here, and if they can't actually establish that there was in fact a crime, particularly two crimes, then it's probably appropriate even if you decide to keep the investigation open a little longer. It's probably still appropriate to kind of slide it to the back burner if nothing else. Maybe – you know, whatever it is you need to do in order to try to make absolutely certain that something nefarious didn't occur. Now, you're saying, okay, so what's the big whoop? The this I, I'm not hearing the part that you led with. You, where where is where's the important part? Earlier this year, the two men were both investigated for the same crime. Again, now it's important to note right here. There's some people who don't understand the legal uh, process because in having a conversation about this case a little bit earlier today with somebody uh, who was not a particularly uh, legal scholar, I'll leave it at that. Said, "Well, isn't that double jeopardy?" No, no, it's not double jeopardy. You have to actually be charged and tried for the same crime uh, in the same court for it to be. Double jeopardy. In fact, I think there's more of an intellectual argument to be made that you could uh, claim double jeopardy if you were charged for the exact same crime at the state and then turned around and were charged at the federal level. The judicial system does not consider that to be double jeopardy. I, however, think it probably is and should be looked at such simply because you're still charging the exact same crime. Oh, but it's not the exact same charge, Tim. See, this was a state charge, and this is a federal charge. Yeah, I understand that, but if it's still the same crime, it's still the same crime. I Now, again, this is just me. I'm not an attorney. Uh, don't go trying to plan your legal defenses on anything that I utter here. Uh, that would not be very bright. And again, fortunately, I believe most of the people that listen to the show are smart enough to know that without it having been said. But just in case you randomly accidentally came across it, uh, there's a disclaimer. So earlier this year, the two men were investigated for the exact same crime uh, once again. Since he was not charged uh, – these two men were not charged at the earlier occasion. They were only investigated. Then there is no issue of double jeopardy in play here. Now, Under Sheriff Mike McCabe wrote a letter on September 13th to Michigan Attorney General Dana Nestle saying, quote, the defendants were thoroughly investigated on the same allegations in 2015 by the Oakland County Sheriff's Office, the Oakland County Prosecutor's Office, Child Protective Services, and the FBI. Uh, McCabe added that their careful review, uh, it was determined by all four agencies that the case lacked evidence and probable cause to justify actions by Child Protective Services or an arrest warrant. 
now. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. For either of the men. All right, so both men were not cleared, but it was simply stated there wasn't evidence to suggest that there's enough grounds to move forward. Now, uh, the stepfather, McCabe said, also passed several polygraph tests. Further, the two men were kept in prison for six months due to the allegations. The stepfather was kept in isolation because he was a police officer. All right, so now what we have done is we painted a picture of two men who were accused of something. Now, this something is serious, and we should take it serious. I don't want allegations of this kind to just blow by the board and be just like, eh, okay, whatever, prove it. But at the same time, due process is due process. If you don't have enough to charge, why are you holding these folks uh, in incarceration? Now, there's a small possibility, depending on the areas that they're living in and depending on what the neighborhood knew or had heard, that maybe they were safer in jail. But that still doesn't make it okay. The prosecutor involved in the case this year, however, Assistant Attorney General Brian Kolozinski, or I, I, I'm butchering the last name. K-O-L-O-D-Z-I-E-J. Okay. It's uh we'll just call him Attorney General Brian. Anyway, the uh, the prosecutor involved in the case this year resigned back in September after it was revealed that he had an inappropriate intimate relationship with the victim in another sexual assault case. A.G. Brian's behavior led to investigations into all of his other cases, as is always the case when we find out that one of the prosecutors or if a presiding judge has been involved in inappropriate or possibly illegal activities. It happens. It happens a lot. makes you wonder why it is we can't get people who are trying to uphold the law who actually believe in it enough to live by the same judicial code. But hey. It's just me. Just me. What What do I know? There's some guy behind a microphone hanging out in East Tennessee. Okay, so of all those cases, the one involving the Oxford man and his stepson rose to the level of further investigation and have been turned over to the Michigan State Police to see whether criminal charges can be brought against A.G. Bryant, at least, again, according to the Free Press. Now, what does that mean? 
why would there be something involved in this case that might possibly lead to the need to investigate? What type of prosecutorial misconduct are we talking about? Well, Michigan Attorney General uh, Nessel, well, he didn't explain on anything why. Certainly did not expand on why she filed a motion to dismiss the charges against the two men and just basically made a general statement, which read as follows, according to the free press again, quote, I am compelled to dismiss the charges in this case following the information we received regarding uh, Mr. Bryan's prosecutorial conduct, which are tantamount to serious violations of our prosecutorial standards. That's it. Didn't say it rose to the level of criminality, just that it was serious. Bottom line is nobody that works for the attorney general's office at the state or the federal level wants to believe that anybody that technically is answerable to them is out here conducting their own vigilante-style justice. They don't want them out here uh, using their office. This is going to sound real familiar for you political junkies. don't want anybody out there using their office to – be weaponized against those they simply do not like for one reason or another. Now, Chief Assistant Oakland County Prosecutor Paul Walton said that the case was too murky to bring charges four years ago. Quoting here, uh, again from the free press, not based on the evidence that we had. We had no evidence of sexual abuse, and we had Two forensic interviews of the child where there was no discourse of criminal sexual assault – or no disclosure, I'm sorry. Now, according to Brian, uh, and Brian's affair also led Nestle to setting aside the plea deal of the man accused of sexually assaulting the woman with whom the former assistant AG had a relationship. <laughs> now… Basically what that means is dude had a relationship with this lady. This lady was claiming that she was assaulted by this third-party guy. So dude, being in the, the uh, prosecutor's office, went after this guy and coerced him into a plea deal. And now the means that he used to do that are in question. Evidently, he violated the law. He seems to have been in a position that he should have recused himself because of the personal connection. Being unwilling to do that puts you in a position where now you have to wonder what else have you done wrong. So the, uh, the AG had this unprofessional relationship and then conducted himself in a fashion that violated the civil rights of this other person. Uh, Nestle said, again, according to the Free Press, quoting here, uh, we are committed to doing everything we can to address the issues caused by Brian. Of course, she said his name, uh, is <laughs> his employment as an assistant attorney general. We will submit all of our internal interviews to the Michigan State Police as well as to the Attorney's Grievance Commission, so they may independently determine 
appropriate actions. The attorney general added that the dismissals did not mean that the office thought the accusers were lying and said that the charges could be brought again if more evidence came to light. Now, that's the end of said article. But that's not where this story ends. Bottom line is this guy has now endangered each and every possible conviction that he's had, each and every issue that has been prosecuted by this guy. Every case that's been prosecuted is now subject to review. That's going to take time. Lots of man hours. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, folks of the state of Michigan, there goes a lot of your taxpaying dollars down the drain when they have to review this one guy who simply couldn't separate his person from his responsibility. Now, we've talked a lot in the past about how that's a hard thing to do. And it can be. It can be a very tough thing to do, to, to set yourself aside, to feel extremely passionate about something, but then remove your passions in regards to the topic and look solely at the evidence that's in front of you and move forward based on the laws that you're supposed to be following and, more importantly, for a prosecutor, enforcing. To be a judge is not an easy job. To be a prosecutor is not an easy job. I don't mean to belittle it in any fashion. I really don't. I hate to have to sit here and talk about a story where anybody has has any where anybody has sullied the reputations of themselves and others that hold these positions because they were unable to live up to that very high standard. But that's the deal. There is a high standard in play. There is a high standard. If you want to be a police officer, we've talked about it. Most cops are great people that are trying to do a very tough job. There are a few bad ones among them. We need to hold them to a high standard. The same thing has to be true with prosecutors. The same thing has to be true with judges, and the same thing has to be true with politically elected office holders. They have to be held to a higher standard than we would hold ourselves. We used to believe that. We used to expect that from the folks, at least while they were in office. Now, those days have passed by us. I realize that. I understand that. We don't have the same expectations from these folks. We're not living in the 1950s, and we certainly can't expect that the closest thing to a scandal in our neighborhood is going to be when the Bradys move in down the street. Ooh, they got remarried. Ooh, a blended family. Oh, my. Yeah, that's that's not scandal anymore, and neither really is to hear that a prosecutor couldn't separate themselves from their personal life from their jobs. But we should expect it just the same because as much as you might be willing to say, well, uh, these guys did this, you don't know that. You want to believe the woman? Okay. Maybe she's still in the truth. Maybe the accusations are completely true, but there's a reason why we have 
the evidentiary rules set the way we do, and that's because it, the burden to prove they did it is on the state, and it has to stay that way. Not because I want guilty people to walk off scot-free, which is going to happen under that system, which we know happens under that system, but because it gives the maximum opportunity for innocent people to not be caught up by nefarious actions of vindictive people or political rivals. If we don't maintain due process, then we might as well not even have a court system. We might as well not even pretend that we care about justice. That's really about all I've got to say about that. All right, so uh, let's do the uh, Edwards Notebooks and the Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. We'll do a little bit of that uh, that Edwards notebook sandwich type deal. Uh, so let's get started. You guys stay with me. I'll be back in just a few. And yet another cruel example of a hypocritical leftist who proves they don't believe in freedom of speech, unless it's their own, of course. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Recently, on a New York City subway, an enraged female threatened a 79-year-old preacher. She told him, you better get the blank out of my blankety-blank face, or I'll bust your head open. Then the female grabbed her stiletto shoe and bashed the elderly preacher in the head, producing a huge gash with blood gushing out. Passengers simply sat idly by while the demented damsel pounded the subway preacher in an attempt to cruelly crack his cranium. Once the attack ended, passengers called police, and the senior citizen who harmed no one was taken to hospital where he received 30 stitches for the wound he received from a leftist female who didn't want to hear the gospel. The battering female was allowed to get away, by the way. Such evil must be addressed via legal justice because people are not going to take being bullied by bigoted leftists forever. I'm... Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.talkspot.com for news updates and other great stuff. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty... This is Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans tip of the day. According to McClatchy, there is a growing concern among service members and their families about various blood, prostate, and urinary tract cancers. From 2000 to 2018, the number of soldiers being treated for the three aforementioned types of cancer has steadily risen. Experts agree there are some common denominators, including the location where the soldiers served and the obvious fact that they were all in the military. Navy Commander Mike Crosby, founder of the Veterans Prostate Awareness, said, We don't know what the cause is. That study has yet to be done. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Go to Vets prostate.org that's vetsprostate.org and check it out remember early diagnosis increases the survival rate this has been your songs and stories for soldiers veterans tip of the day it's well known that president trump has media and political enemies of the leftist democrat party who hate him because he has tried to put american interests ahead of other nations who have taken advantage of our republic for decades. Also, the dragon media no longer pretends to be objective. Hello, I'm 
Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Recently, Neil Cavuto of Fox News took President Trump to task for having the nerve to dare and clap back at Democrat, non-objective Fox interviewer Chris Wallace, who has rarely, if ever, been objective in his so-called coverage of the Trump presidency. I myself have observed Wallace and other leftists be particularly rough on anyone who even hints at not disdaining President Trump. For example, a particularly unfriendly recent interview with House Minority Leader Steve Scalise, simply because he has been a non-supporter of President Trump during the ongoing dishonest Democrat efforts to oust Trump via Russia, 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 and now the impeachment inquiry for non-impeachable offenses. Mr. Cavuto, just know this. You, Chris Wallace, and all of your dragon media friends and the Democrats will fail in their efforts to undermine Mr. Trump. Please look up the word objective and try utilizing it. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.talkspot.com for news updates and other great stuff. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. off these breaks we'll be using some of this stuff as we go through the uh, holiday season Uh, as i've said before i promise not to start it before thanksgiving although this year more so than ever i was kind of a challenge because that last week going in especially having been sick as much as i had previous to that and feeling down i was really wanting to get on into the full spirit but I can't tell you how much it irritates me to see folks jumping in before we've had Thanksgiving because so many folks are trying to skip right past Thanksgiving, and I refuse to let it happen. Not on my watch, not here, not in my house, not in my studio. Uh, Not that I don't want to jump on into Christmas, but because Thanksgiving is important culturally – And because I know the only reason it's really under attack by our culture today is because they can't find a way, or at least they have not yet, to separate the notions of Christianity from the holiday. They've managed to do it with Christmas, and don't ask me how you can do it, but they've managed to commercialize it. They've managed to make it more about Santa and Frosty and Rudolph, a freaking imaginary reindeer with a bright, glowy red nose. Come on, that's not what Christmas is about. And again, I don't want to take any of the fun away. I like Santa as a character. I like the idea of Frosty the Snowman. I'm very much into having those be part of our celebration because it's fun for kids and it's fun for adults if you want to just embrace it. But dun, 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 that is not what Christmas is about. 
And for that reason, the commercialization, the spin, spin, spin money, the get businesses into the black because they haven't managed to do it all year long because they have horrible business practices and terrible models and want to be woke instead of just do business. Uh, that is just crazy. Oh, and uh, Cajun in the chat room says, and elves do. Uh, I have to ask you a couple of <laughs> elves songs. All right. Elvis songs. Da, 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 da. I do like some uh, Elvis stuff. Now, I have to be careful about what I rebroadcast, though, because uh, uh, for the uh, podcast uh, rebroadcast rights, I have to make sure that it's tunes I have permission to use. So if you're extending me that permission, if we can work that out, I just need to have it on board. But I am okay with doing that, uh, KJ. Okay. Uh, now, shall we continue with today's show? Uh, before doing that, though, uh, another quick uh shout out to both uh, crazy cajun who's hanging out in the chat room with us and chief who's host of simple facts of life uh a great show that you find right here at the home broadcasting platform of btr just go to blogtalkradio.com go up to the search bar look for simple facts of life and it should be pretty easy to find a show be worth your time chief says in fact that he's not a big fan of rudolph scrooge on the other hand that's his guy. All right. Gotcha. Uh, as we get closer to the Christmas holiday, we'll do stories, uh, news items that are a little more closer uh, connected to the holiday. But uh, it is just the first after all, and as such, we're still doing general stuff that you're probably just not hearing much about. For example, have you heard about the lesbian judge that was denied communion in Michigan? Yes, we're in Michigan again. And we've got a judge story. Uh, back on November 23rd of – I mean it was a long time ago. I think most of you guys will remember it though, 2019. Uh, a priest at uh, St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan reportedly told the 63rd District Court Chief Judge Sarah Smolensky that uh, he could not serve her communion. Uh, quoting here uh, claims by the judge, quote, it was good to see you in church on Sunday because you and Linda are married in the state of Michigan. I'd like you to respect the church and not come to communion. Uh, this, according to Smolensky, claiming that Father Scott Nolan said that to her over the telephone. Okay. Now, according to CNN, Smolensky grew up attending the St. Stephen, was baptized there as a child, and even went to the church's school for multiple years. Saying, uh, again, talking to CNN now, quote, this feels like selective discrimination. Why choose gay people, and why now? Well, speaking with a CNN affiliate, Father Nolan defended his decision, saying, quote, I've taught what all <clears throat> let me do. I've taught what all of the popes who have ever said something about the emergent family have said up to and including Pope Francis. Though uh, Smolensky has made a claim that quote all these other priests who are good and decent have given her communion. No one says that he is quote, not responsible for the actions of other church leaders. 
you know what? I I have to admire uh, the good father here because he's right. He's not responsible for other church <clears throat> uh, we'll use the word loosely leaders uh, for failing to follow church doctrine and that's exactly what this is we've had this discussion a multitude of times particularly when it's come to people like say nancy pelosi for example who clearly violates church doctrine in the defense of abortion uh, yet claims to be a practicing catholic she has occasionally come across a priest that refuses to give her communion and expresses exactly the reason why. She said, you're not only living a life that is in contradiction to church doctrine, but you're promoting it. You're out fighting for it. You're literally trying to destroy a church doctrine as being a legitimate prospect of our culture, not to mention the fact that you are completely disrespecting the sanctity of life. Not to mention the fact that you are literally and has literally tried to flip the script all the way around to the point of claiming that it is in fact an act of worship to commit abortion. Really? really? Who are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping, Nancy Mimi Pelosi? It's not the Christian God. Christian God doesn't want you to go to here saying, oh, yeah, life is cheap. Eh, it doesn't matter. You're not ready. It's going to be an inconvenience to you. Ah, I don't know why I bothered to even give that to you. That's my bad. My bad. Sorry about that. Just go ahead and just uh, take care of it. It's okay. It's not. And it's certainly not an act of worship. The only, the only thing that I know of that you might possibly be worshiping if you believe in the cheapness of life, if you believe that the sanctity of life has no bearing whatsoever, if you honestly believe that it doesn't stain your soul to commit an act so despicable as the murder of the preborn, then uh, there's no hope for you, Nancy. So there's no reason for a priest to give you communion. And if they do, they're just walking through the steps because they wanted to avoid a public scene, and they themselves are failing the precepts of the church. Period. But here's here's where this story is a little different than most of the stories that we've had to talk about like this. Because before, we've always gotten to discuss how, well, this one priest stood up and then the higher-ups in the church came crashing down upon them. This didn't happen here, at least not yet. The uh, Diocese of Grand Rapids issued the following statement in support of Father Nolan. <clears throat> and I quote, we appreciate Judge Sarah Smolinski's service to the community. We are grateful for her past generosity. These facts are not at issue in this matter. As Pope Francis explains in Amoris Litera, the Eurocrist demands that we be members of of the one body of the church. Those who approach the body and blood of Christ may not wound that same body by creating scandalous distinctions and divisions among its members. Lifelong Catholics would surely be aware of this. Inclusion and acceptance have been a hallmark of Catholic churches, the, the Diocese of Grand Rapids throughout 
the diocese history. This remains so. They presume, however, a respect on the part of the individuals for the teachings and practicings of the wider Catholic community. No community of faith can sustain the public contradiction of its beliefs by its own members. This is especially so on matters of central to Catholic life as marriage, which the church has always held and continues to hold as a sacred covenant between one man and one woman. Father Scott Nolan, pastor at St. Stephen Parish, has dedicated his priesthood to bringing people closer to Jesus Christ. Part of his duty in pursuing that end is to teach the truth as taught by the Catholic Church and to help it take root and grow in his parish. Mercy is essential to that process, but so are humility and conversion on the part of anyone seeking to live an authentically Catholic Christian life. Father Nolan approached Judge Smolensky privately. Subsequent media reports do not change the appropriateness of his action, which the diocese supports. So, you know, I'm standing up and I'm saying, what? Really? You guys are like, uh, sorry, Judge, but he dropped a truth bomb in your lap and he very, very privately – very professionally, very much in accordance with the rules of how we like things to be done, told you, hey, guys, uh, glad you were here at church, but the whole communion thing, uh, see, you're living outside of the precepts of the church. And while we are perfectly happy to have you in here and, and to be a member of the congregation, you can do whatever you like as far as attending – Communion is something that is supposed to be for those who are trying to have that personal relationship to a level that you would not be openly defying the precepts of the church. Now, I for one am on board with this. I, I, I absolutely believe that the church should stand up for the precepts of their belief. Now, I'm not Catholic, so I, I have to tell you that there's a lot of things the Catholics do that I don't necessarily agree with. But what I will tell you is that regardless of your faith, if you are going to practice the faith, you should practice that faith. And if you don't, then why bother jumping through the hoops? Why bother going through the ceremony just to look good for the community? I mean what's the purpose? Go find yourself another faith that you feel more in tune with if that's what you need to do. The spirituality side of this, it should not even be an issue. Most Christian faiths have strong tenets that not only uh, fly in the face of most leftist beliefs, but they call out the homosexual lifestyle specifically. Now, we have moved to a place in our culture that the fact that me just saying that statement alone, suddenly I'm going to have people calling me a bigot. And all I said is that uh, most, ca most Christian churches have that belief. All you have to do is open up the Bible. You don't even have to go too far into the Old Testament to find the first references to call it as much. Now, however you live your life, though, that's none of my business. It's not my place to judge. I don't 
care. As I've said a million times, and I think you'd be surprised to find out how many other conservatives feel the same way, I don't care what you do. Anything that's your business is your business as long as you keep it your business. So please, please don't make it mine. Don't flaunt it out in public. Don't demand special treatment, and don't create a scene. And I'm not talking about don't stand up for your rights. I'm not talking about uh, don't stand up against uh, legitimate uh, persecution. What I am saying is that there are things like in this case where you are the one who's out of step with the faith that you profess. In the case of this judge, she's the one who's out of step with the faith that she professes to follow that she presumably wants to be in communion with this God, and yet she's not willing to follow the basic tenets that are laid out in order for communion to be possible. You can't go about faith. You can't go about a spiritual life half-cocked. You either are all in or you're not. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. It means that you're at least making the effort to follow the teachings, that you're making an effort to be better. That's the one good thing that organized religion really does have to add to our society. I'm not a I am a person of faith and I am members of the church and I I do hate to say negative things towards the church, but there are far too many churches in this country that are dens of leftist iniquity as opposed to those that are actually trying to help take root the word of Jesus Christ. I'm not a big fan of organized religion for that very reason because too many, too many people put their backsides in the, the pews. They make their contributions of tithings not to be outdone by somebody else, and it's all about social status. It's not a reason to go to church, boys and girls. If that's for being there, then so help me, you're just as good staying at the house. If you're going for the right reason, then you might also be just as good staying at the house because a lot of you may be going to a church where Jesus is still waiting for his invitation to come in. And Google has started listening to me again. So let me just uh, – let me make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Obviously, my – Audio settings must be uh, – I need to go in and change those. Anyway, here's here's the bottom line. There are plenty of uh, – there are plenty of churches that exist in our country right now that are so open and are so willing that according to the precepts of how they see the spiritual side of things, that this would not be an issue. So if you want to have that spiritual side of your life and you think that that's going to be helpful, maybe you should take a long, hard look at where you're associating, what group that you're claiming to be a member of. Because if you're claiming to be Catholic, then you know by your own definition of what you claim to be you, what you claim to be true, you are living a sinful life, and you are doing so by your choice. Now, if that's not how you really feel… Then you're not actually a Catholic. <laughs> that's that's the other side of it. Well, I'm Catholic because I was raised Catholic. No, no, you're a Catholic by believing what the Catholics teach. 
by accepting that as being the same as you're a Southern Baptist if you accept what the Southern Baptist is. Same as you're a Seventh-day Adventist if you accept what the Seventh-day Adventist That's the deal. Just like Harry Reid claims to be Mormon, and yet there are certain Mormon churches he's not welcome in, again, because of the whole abortion issue. You cannot be out here actively promoting things that are contrary to the beliefs of the church and expect to be a full-fledged member in good standing of that church. If that is allowed, then your church isn't really a church. Your church leadership aren't actually leaders, and there should be a long, hard look at what exactly goes on inside that building that you claim to be your church. I guarantee you there's not any kind of level of confusion along of what your beliefs are if you set foot in a mosque. So let's not try to stir the kettle. Let's understand the circumstances in which we are walking into, and let's understand that if a priest is trying to say something like this to you, he has weighed the risk. He's weighed the consequences of what's being done, and he doesn't want to do this. It's meant to be a wake-up call to you, judge. It's meant to be a wake-up call to those who are in the church to understand that attending is very different than taking that next step. Just Even if you show up every time the doors are open, just showing up and throwing a few bucks in a collection plate does not make you devout. That's the wake-up call. That's the message, and that's a message that should be heard for every denomination of Christianity across this globe, not just here in the States. If you're making it okay to try to hide out illegals, claiming it for sanctuary purposes, then no, you're missing a point. If you're out here making it uh, seem like it's okay to completely disrespect the sanctity of life, then you've got issues. That's not what the church teaches. That's not what's in the Bible. And again, if you believe differently than that Bible, then you may very well be going to the wrong place. And if you're not reminded of that every time you set foot into it, then maybe that not that then maybe that place isn't what it claims to be. Now, as the culture evolves, the pressure against various Christian denominations and the Catholic Church in particular to submit to the modern social fabric, even if doing so would be in direct defiance of Scripture, it continues to intensify. According to Scripture, homosexual conduct is considered a sin. It is straightforward. There is no black and white. There is no room for confusion. Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 27 reads, Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. 
Even their women exchange natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 10 reads, quote, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexuality of moral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. If you want to spend the time, the New Testament features other passages about homosexuality too. Now, I don't say these things to point a finger at homosexuals and say, mm, you bad. I simply say this. In this culture, we're perfectly willing to allow you to be who you are. We're perfectly willing to allow you to do what you're going to do off on your own as whatever you're going to do, as long as you keep your business your business, period. That shouldn't be a hard concept. It really should not be a hard concept. And yet, here we are. (laughs) Ah, So at any rate, I don't mean to start preaching, but sometimes… Sometimes it's not a bad thing to share a little gospel because there's wisdom there. But at the end of everything else, one other thing has to be kept in mind regardless of anything else. And that is if you're going to do something that you know that the people around you aren't going to like, and then you're going to throw it in their face, then you're kind of just looking for trouble. That doesn't change anything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to reset uh, for the second hour so you folks don't go anywhere. Quick shout-out to Vorpal Bite who joined us uh, in the chat room a little while ago. I'm going to sign out with a little Christmas music, but in the meanwhile, you guys who are here live, stay with me. You guys that are listening on uh, rebroadcast, tune in tomorrow, same time. We'll do it again.
Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble host, Tim Tapp, and I'm coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. I want to give a quick shout-out to the folks hanging out in the chat room already. We've got Crazy Cajun, happens to be an engineer for WCET, 101.7 FM, Columbia's Talk in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. We've also got Chief hanging out with us. He is the host of Simple Facts of Life, a great 30-minute program that you can discover right here at the home broadcasting platform of BTR. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just put into your search bar, blogtalkradio.com. From there, once you're on the site, go to the search bar, look for Simple Facts of Life. You will find his show very quickly. You're going to be looking for QMCUSN. You see that, you know you're in the right place. 30 minutes of, uh, well, 30 minutes of programming excellence. Uh, Sometimes it's just straight out the gate. You know exactly what he's bringing. Sometimes he's telling a story that brings it around to just almost out of nowhere, sneaks up on you. You're almost ambushed with that simple fact of life. Outside of that, we also... uh, We've got Vorpalbite hanging out in the chat room with us as well, and I want to thank all you folks for being here, hanging out, and participating as you have been in the chat room. In fact, uh, 
a little bit earlier of what I was asking, is your Christmas tree up yet? I think by now most folks probably, if they're going to do it, have. There's not a whole lot of folks that have family traditions that wait much closer anymore. But, hey, if you haven't, uh, so be it. That would be fantastic for uh, you guys to share with us. I would love to know. Forbes says, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> that is one of the more fun Christmas songs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, our family tradition has been for a long time to go ahead and put up the tree after everyone has finished with the Thanksgiving meal. And for the folks that are clearing out, have cleared out, and it's done as a, a family thing, and, and it's kind of nice. It's an extension of the Thanksgiving holiday as we transition because the birth of Christ is one of the many things that we're thankful for in our household. So there you go. I don't know uh, what else to uh, say about that. So, so <laughs> I will just make my way back over here as I'm trying to multitask. As I'm sure you can tell, Whoa, where did you just go? Okay, I'm back. Uh, Keisha says it's still too hot in the attic to get stuff uh, put up. Uh, I don't like to sweat in the attic. Uh, don't blame me, Cajun. Uh, hot stuff down there. But, uh, you know, it is one of those things. That's just what we do. And you know what? If any of you guys want to, uh, those of you who are listening, uh, want to uh, go to social media, send me a message, or go to the website, tapintothetruth.com, uh, send me a message and let me know when you put your Christmas trees up. Uh, that might be a fun thing to share on air a little later, uh, maybe in another week or so. We'll hold that open for about a week, and so what do you say? We'll do that. Now, for those of you that aren't listening live, just for your benefit, uh, just so that you know, the time of the live broadcast is December 1st. It is 2019, and it is just a few brief moments after 4 p.m. Eastern. So some of you will be hearing this on Tuesday. Some of you will be hearing it uh, later today. Whenever you're listening, thank you so much for being here. Da, 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 da. I'm having <laughs> having technical issues now that have nothing to do with my equipment. Okay. Anyway, let's see here. Chief says that he's uh, waiting for the uh, Epstein guards to visit, so my ornaments will hang themselves. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, what do you say we get on to today's show now since uh, since I've been babbling long enough? All right, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, the importance of border security here, haven't we? Uh, we've talked a, a lot about why it's important and how many lives are endangered by failing to uh, have control over who comes into our country. Well – I'd like to share with you this story that uh, highlights that very thing, and it highlights it in a way that leftists, of course, are left with few arguments. Not that they have very good arguments against anything as it is. Oh, it's not fair. Oh, it's about our feelings. Ah, that doesn't make for a compelling argument, leftists. Sorry. But here's one that even your feelings might have some trouble with a counterpoint. Case. This happens to be a uh, headline that you may have missed. I will be happy to uh, bring this story to you. See, there's this Guatemalan woman who was convicted and sentenced to a 12-and-a-half-year prison term after a uh, 2008 Minnesota crash 
in which four children, aged 9 to 13, were killed. Then this woman was deported in uh, 2016 after serving eight years of her sentence. This woman was recently just arrested by federal immigration officers who found that she had re-entered the United States. Miss Olga Franco Del Cid, currently 35, was arrested at her home in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota, this past Tuesday. Uh, the Star Tribune reported of the initial incident back in 2008, the accident, saying, quote, responders at the scene found Franco Del Cid behind the steering wheel her right foot wedged under a crumpled dashboard near the accelerator. Her attorneys argued that her boyfriend was the one driving the van and fled because he didn't want to be deported to Mexico. Uh, they argued that he was thrown out of the van on impact and Franco Del Cid was thrown into the driver's seat thrown into the driver's seat, and then managed to get her, again, uh, get her right foot wedged under a crumpled dashboard. That is one heck of a shot, isn't it? I mean, I don't understand how that happens, but that is just one heck of a shot. Uh, you, uh, is it surprising that uh, she was convicted? Uh, the story is not very believable. Now, the Daily Mail... Added on the quote, at least 10 people were hospitalized for injuries suffered when the minivan broadsided the school bus after turning right on a county road. The bus rolled onto its side and crushed the hood and cab of a pickup truck. An NPR news noted at the time, the pickup driver, James Hancock, said from his hospital bed to the Star Tribune, quote, I saw the maroon van run a stop sign. It blew over the railroad tracks and hit the bus, sending it sliding into me. The next thing I knew, they were hauling kids out, and it was chaos. Now, in the crash, which got national attention at the time, Hunter Javins, nine, and his brother Jesse Javins were killed, along with Emily Olson, nine, and Reed Stevens, 12, all of Marshall. Uh, NPR News uh, also added, quote, Emily's mother, Tracy, is a physical education teacher at the school. Reed's mother, Candy, a former teacher at Lakeview School, Superintendent uh, Sheldon Johnson, read a message from Candy Stevens. She wants people to know that Reed was a young man who loved God, his country, and his family. And he also loved his football family. We know that he is with the Lord, and we ask all parents to give their kids an extra hug tonight and every night. As the Duluth News Tribune reported, Franco Del Cid, quote, she was convicted on 24 separate charges, including four counts of criminal vehicular homicide, and she was sentenced to more than 12 years in prison. While she was in prison,
Independent added, quote, during the trial, the defense are was really in the van and hit the school bus and then threw her towards the driver's seat. Mendoza, of course, fled crash and that Franco Del's marriage didn't necessarily was now. All of that is a long, long way to why was this Guatemalan-born woman, this illegal The reason why she was convicted, four young lives were snuffed out. Ten people were seriously injured. I'm having some audio issues. This is minor. Huh. All right. I, I'm, I'm seeing nothing on my end that's an issue. Everything is still clear. So it may just be more internet issues with the connection. Um. Yeah, everything's reading five by five here. <laughs> uh, Chief is in the chat room, uh, waxing poetic. But my words, like silent raindrops, spell echo the wells of silence. For audio, audio, wherefore art thou, audio? Ah, I don't know. Let me try one thing here. See if this can reset something, but everything should be working fine at this point. 
it must be a connection between here and the uh, the switchboard uh, in New York, and that's that's the fun part. I'm broadcasting out of East Tennessee, but the platforms broadcast uh, the studio, the uh, all the miracle of uh, modern technology requires everything to be routed to New York before anything else. Um, what what's kind of weird? That the link to WCET should be better than that. Uh, so is the audio just as bad for you, Cajun? I don't know. Okay, now I can't see my chat room. There we go. Okay, yeah. audio seems to be all right. Okay, so there we go. That's the great thing about doing a show live. <laughs> You're doing it live. Okay. So, again, I, I would love to hear the left's arguments. How is it okay for this woman to be in this country? How is it okay for this woman to be back in this country? I, at this point, I, I think she should have to finish her initial sentence before she's – Deported once again, and then she should be deported to Guatemala with the new agreements in place. It should be a lot harder, in theory, for her to get from Guatemala back into the United States because uh, presumably she's still going to have to go through Mexico to make that happen. Both Guatemala uh, and Mexico are supposed to be trying harder to stop people from crossing that border. <laughs> Chief says, in New York, that's the problem. <laughs> de Blasio is taxing my audio at 73%. <laughs> that's good, Chief. I like that. And there may actually be some truth to it for all we know. But at any rate, so how does this – How does this? okay. This woman literally snuffed out four young lives. This woman – endangered the lives of 10 other people who were hospitalized, some of them seriously, but fortunately they recovered. Where is, where is this concern for the safety of American citizens? Oh, that's a red herring tip. This story exemplifies. This story tells us exactly that that is not a red herring. This story, like a lot of others, like literally hundreds of – you could probably Google right now hundreds of stories of people who have either been killed or injured and required serious hospitalization as a result of illegal actions by people who have no legal, <laughs> no legal status in this country. If you cannot do that, then Google is manipulating the algorithm. Because these stories happen every day. Every day there is a drunk driver that is an illegal migrant in this country that smashes into some law-abiding citizen and people get hurt. Every day there is action from the cartels crossing our border illegally. There are kidnapping rings operating in Arizona and in New Mexico that are being run by cartels in Mexico. You want to tell me that our border is secure? You want to tell me that not having it secure is uh, not endangering American lives? Oh, but we're supposed to feel bad for – how terrible things are in Guatemala. You know what? If things are really that bad, I do feel bad for them. But the only reason I would feel bad for them is because I'm thinking they're going to have to pull themselves up and fix it. 
That's their responsibility. That's what they need to do. They've got to fix it, and it's going to be tough. But there's nothing being fixed if they all just sneak across our border and we want to look the other way. <laughs> Tell me, leftist. Tell me, slightly left-leaning, whiny college student, crybaby, social justice warrior. How is it better for this woman to be back in the United States than uh, for her to be in Guatemala where she couldn't hurt Americans? I'm sure she didn't set out with the intention of hurting someone, but the bottom line is it happened. She did it. Why? Okay, so then we get told the old trope from the left is like, well, you don't know that something like this wouldn't have happened anyway. It would have just been a citizen. Okay, how does that make your argument valid? How does it make it okay for her to suddenly be here, the fact that it could have happened anyway? The truth of the matter is we know it did happen because she was here, because she did it. And she was so traumatized by the, uh, by the whole event that she spent eight years in prison and decided that risking finishing her time in an American prison was better than staying in Guatemala. So obviously things aren't that bad here in America. You got people trying hard to get here. So are things really that bad in Guatemala? Maybe they are. But there is still a legal way to get into our country. There is still a right way and a wrong way to do things, and this woman has demonstrated she doesn't give a rat's backside about doing things the right way. So she is not wanting to come here for the right reason, boys and girls. And I know that not all of you feel the same way about it, but I have said a multitude of times, and I mean it. I am perfectly content with people who want to come to this country being allowed into this country as long as they do it the right way and they're coming here for the right reasons. And that reason is that they want to become an American at some point. They want to become a citizen. They love – they see what America is, and they want to be part of that. They don't want to come here to be a drain on the social network. They don't want to come here to just say, okay, well, it's better than there. They don't want to just be here to show up to get a whole bunch of free stuff and then hide out and blame those mean old conservatives every time they get caught doing something wrong. That's not wanting to be here for the right reasons, and if you want to be here for the right reason, then you're dang well going to want to come here the right way. So I'm sorry, but as soon as you've stepped across our border in an illegal fashion, you don't want to be here for the right reasons. I don't want to hear your crybaby BS about, oh, but but I did it for my children. Be a better example to your children about doing things the right way. Be a better example. If you're really doing stuff for your children, then do stuff for your children. Let them see you do the right things the right way. Don't give me excuses. Don't give me this lame crybaby crap because all in the end is you just want something for nothing. You're just looking for freebies, and if you do, my my goodness, if you wanted to do things the right way, yes, it's going to be harder. Yes, it's going to going to take a little bit longer, but it dang well means that you're going to be welcomed here at least by me. I can't speak for anybody else, 
But if you're not willing to do it the right way, if you're not willing to come here for the right reasons, then you've got no business being here. Get out. And any one of you little crybaby snowflake melting in your cry space closets that just aren't safe enough, little whiners want to take exemption with me, then go right ahead. Explain to me. Explain to the parents of those four children of why it's better for her to be here. Explain to me how it's even possible that you think we should not put up a wall, that we should not put up boundaries, that we should abolish ICE to make it easier for people like this chick to commit heinous crimes in this country, get themselves deported just so they can come right back. Explain to me how that's a better thing. Explain to me how that's okay. Cajun in the chat room right now says that there are people that have been waiting seven to nine years to come here legally. And it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. I, I've told you before, I've, I've talked to this contractor on a fairly regular basis. He's actually doing a job for the folks that uh, run the company at my day job. And he came here on a green card initially, and uh, he said several times that, yeah, it, uh, all the paperwork was a headache, but you know what? It was all worth it. It wasn't unreasonable, That it was just about making sure that we were doing what we said we were doing. It was a lot of follow-up on making sure we were who we said we were, and it is. Uh, he said it was a pain in the backside quite often, but he said he wouldn't not do it for anything. He has become a citizen since then, and he said every last bit of that was worth it, and he loves being here, and he's glad he had that opportunity. And he has told me several times that it upsets him and his entire family every time uh, one of their cousins talks about uh, migrating here as opposed to immigrating here. And yes, there is a significant difference in the use of the two words. Immigration is a legal thing. Uh, if you're just crossing the border without following our laws, then you're just migrating at best. And I'm sorry, the United States of America is not a migrant culture. All right, anyway, I just – I get really miffed when stuff like that happens. I really, really do. Let's do the Edwards Notebook, the songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day, another Edwards Notebook, and then maybe even a little Christmas music again before coming back. Um, you know, it is about that halfway point of the hour. You guys stay with me. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, uh, please. As America kicks off yet another Christmas holiday season, the snowflake millennials now say they cannot handle the emotional strain of Secret Santa. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Yep, you heard it right. The traditional office Secret Santa gift giving is now considered to be by millennials to be a strain and gives them anxiety, according to a new study by the British job hunting website job site, millennials just can't handle the pressure of Secret Santa. Among normal people, Secret Santa is often preferred to other practices because organizers can limit the budget spent on gifts, and it doesn't align with any specific religious holiday. So, in the minds of the anti-Christmas folks, it doesn't leave anyone out of the loop. But of course, jolly old Saint Nick is identified by many with Christmas. Oh my... 
The Jump Site study also found that millennials simply want to do away with many Christmas ideas and other traditions and simply turn America into an all-inclusive land of bland nothingness that offends no one. Ouch. Merry Christmas, America, despite the millennials. I'm Ron Edwards. Go to theronedwards.talkspot.com for news updates and other great stuff. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans tip of the day. According to McClatchy, there is a growing concern among service members and their families about various blood, prostate, and urinary tract cancers. From 2000 to 2018, the number of soldiers being treated for the three aforementioned types of cancer has steadily risen. Experts agree there are some common denominators, including the location where the soldiers served and the obvious fact that they were all in the military. Navy Commander Mike Crosby, founder of the Veterans Prostate Awareness, said, We don't know what the cause is. That study has yet to be done. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Go to vetsprostate.org. That's vetsprostate.org and check it out. Remember, early diagnosis increases the survival rate. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. If you believe that social justice advocates actually care about our republic, then I have a tropical paradise house in Cleveland to sell you. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Have you noticed that as the leftist social engineers gain more influence in society via the government school system, leftist-leaning churches, the entitlement industry, and the dragon, leviathan media, etc., general conditions deteriorate? The reason that occurs is because the goal of the leftists is to literally destroy a republic. The first clue is the consistent lack of interest in actual solving destructive problems, such as the illegal border crossing crisis. Then there is the never-ending biased un representative and unfair depiction of our republic. Few people think that a country cannot be improved, but to present our land of opportunity is nothing but a bigoted, hateful place because some of us want to maintain American culture by controlling immigration is a huge misrepresentation. But that's what the leftists do. They lie like a dirty rug. But the bright light of truth shall make us free. I'm Ron Edwards. Go to theronedwards.talkspot.com for news updates and other great stuff. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
am back just playing a little bit of some Christmas tunage just to help everybody get in the mood. Don't want to overdo it. I know a lot of you folks are probably still trying to recover from your Black Friday shopping sprees. Although I got to tell you, uh, like I predicted ahead of time, I didn't think we were going to see near as many uh, wild and crazy full-on breakout brawls uh, thanks to, first of all, the extended Black Friday starting the Friday before Black Friday sales this week. You know, Thanksgiving being so much later in the year this year. And a lot of online stuff, and it's been kind of weird. I have to admit we did a a fair amount of our Black Friday shopping uh, online and having several items delivered. What's really, really odd is uh, I've got different delivery dates for different items from all across whatever. Uh, I'm accustomed to that when I order multiple stuff from Amazon, but when you do it from like Walmart.com, I I haven't had it uh, been spread so (laughs) So why? And something else uh, that I have never seen before. I, I've heard rumors it was possible. I actually had it happen. I received a FedEx delivery today. Now, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast, or if you're listening in the uh, archives, or uh, listening at your favorite podcast location, uh, that probably isn't going to mean anything to you. But I would remind you the time of the live broadcast today is December first. It is 2019. It is a Sunday. So a Sunday delivery on FedEx. And wow. <laughs> I, I, I Sorry, guys at FedEx, I guess. Forbes uh, says, uh, spent uh, the week, spent the weekend pumping my playlist full of Christmas themes. And that's good. I, I think we all should uh, get a fair amount. I know I was driving uh my wife to some various locations as we were out of town yesterday and uh we made sure that we linked up uh <laughs> the radio and we were playing christmas tunes as well couldn't get quite enough of the tunes we wanted to hear so we uh switched it up everybody should be i mean it is it is that time let's embrace the holidays and uh let's embrace the things that make us a happier uh, group of humans, shall we? All right, so I saved this one for last because it's probably the most important of all the stories that we've come across. Because as much as I'd like to think that, ooh, we've got the ultimate argument against the left when it comes to immigration, uh, the leftists don't care. They're going to ignore us. As much as I'd like to call out prosecutorial misconduct, uh, is it going to stop other prosecutors, even though they see other prosecutors have their life's work questioned? No, uh, when it comes to any of these things, but this is probably the most important because it does underscore exactly what we've been saying for some time right here. Once again, Angela Merkel, or as Donald Trump likes to call her, uh, German Hillary. <laughs> Sorry, I I still love that meme. You guys have seen the meme. I, I used to put it in the uh, the slide rotation quite a bit, which I haven't even been doing a slide rotation lately. Uh, I don't know. Nobody's complained about it, so I'm assuming nobody really cares. But I used to spend more time on putting together slides for the vocation than I did in putting together the shows. Uh, but great, uh, great meme that shows Donald Trump talking to uh, Angela Merkel and, of course, the shiny pony from Canada, Justin Trudeau, where <laughs> Trump 
is captioned as saying, shut up, German Hillary, or I'll punch your girlfriend. Uh, of course, referring to Justin. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the uh, German Hillary has now made a statement that freedom of expression has its limits and that it must be regulated for the rather lofty goal of keeping society free. Okay, I, I gotta admit, I'm less scratching my head trying to figure out how one accomplishes the other. But, you know, global leftists always have an answer. So let's see if we can dig into what she actually had to say. And maybe we can find some type of logic that exists. I, I'm not holding my breath. I advise you guys don't do this either. So the German chancellor, yes, Miss. Angela Merkel. She spoke out against free speech this week, suggesting that government can and should regulate what people say to keep society free. Yeah, anybody else feel like they're living in 1984? Uh, the the novel, not the year. I'm not talking about time travel. Anyway, Merkel. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, she was speaking. At an event for the German Chamber of Industry and Commerce in Berlin, she stumbled up the stairs before taking the podium and suggesting that the government banned speech that she considers to be, quote, extreme and decrying freedom of expression, saying, quote, we have freedom of expression in our country for all those who claim that they can no longer express their opinion, I say this to them. If you express a pronounced opinion, you must live with the fact that you will be contradicted. Expressing an opinion does not come at zero cost. But freedom of expression has its limits. Those limits begin where hatred is spread. They begin where the dignity of other people is violated. The House will and must oppose extreme speech. Otherwise, our society will no longer be the free society that it was. <sighs> Dramatic pause. Now, of course… Determining which speech violates the dignity of other people is not something politicians or anybody else for that matter should be deciding, especially in today's culture where uh, leftists claim that speech they disagree with is literally violence against them. Uh, I don't see anyone who's qualified to be the uh, determiner of which speech has crossed the line. Uh, as noted over at townhall.com, Germany passed a ban in 2018 that fined websites up to 50 million euros – that's roughly about $55 million – for not removing hate speech from their platforms quickly enough. The outlet also suggested Merkel's attempt to suppress free speech were an effort to silence critics of Merkel's open-door immigration policies, as you'll recall – I made that uh, correlation myself right here on the air. I really think it has a lot to do with that. She does only seem to be concerned about the speech that crosses over into hate if it just so happens to criticize her positions, 
her policies or actions her government are currently taking. In fact, if one is to talk about violating another person's dignity, then Merkel's policies towards immigration would be a prime example. If you'll recall, all the way back in New Year's Eve of 2015, upwards of a thousand men were sexually assaulted women were sexually assaulting women on the streets in Germany. In the aftermath of that mass assault, one German mayor blamed the women for being sexually assaulted, and the German government pledged to crack down on those who criticized the Muslim immigrants who were accused of perpetrating the attacks. Now, we talked a lot about this when that happened. In fact, we still bring it up from time to time, like right now, for example, because I would love to know exactly where the dignity for these uh, young women who were assaulted is being respected. I would love to know where the dignity for your citizens who are simply trying to hold on to a German culture that has many positives. You know, a lot of people, uh, as soon as they think Germany, they start thinking about the bad stuff because, hey, there was a guy there a little while back who kind of made a mess of things. I had an inside track on world domination there for a little bit until uh, the folks that we like to think of as the good guys got involved and finally put a stop to it. But as all that plays out, there's a lot of positives with German culture. Um, you know, they got I'm, everything I'm thinking of has to do with food, though. <laughs> That's because I had a late breakfast and didn't have lunch yet. So <laughs> please forgive me, uh, all you folks of German descent right now. I'm not meaning to diminish your culture in any way. But here's the thing. Miss Angela Merkel, Miss Angela Merkel, she is demeaning your dignity because she would rather protect – her policies of open doors towards individuals coming from Islamic countries who are not willing at all to assimilate into your culture. When has it ever been a sane idea to allow immigration of people who do not want to assimilate into your culture? I mean we can connect this back to the previous story if you like. When it comes to the difference between immigration and migration, migration is never a good idea. It leads to the downfall of your culture. There isn't a merging. There isn't a mingling. There is a destruction. One culture will consider itself to be stronger than the other, and if one culture is going to tie its hands behind its back, as Angela Merkel is doing, she's going to go after those German citizens. That have the nerve, the gall, the unmitigated gall to speak up and say, hey, German government, how about you protect German citizens? Dang, why does that sound so familiar? Why does that sound like something that has been said here in the United States? Hey, American government, how about you protect American citizens more so than people who have no legal right to be here? Mm, does sound familiar, doesn't it? The actual numbers were just north of a thousand uh, men that were identified 
as sexually assaulting women. The numbers of women that were assaulted were nearly 3,000. That all happened on New Year's night. And there was no no effort whatsoever to seek justice for these women who were assaulted. The effort of the government was immediately to try to whitewash the whole story. The effort from the government was to try to immediately shut down anybody who had the nerve to tell the truth about who was behind these attacks and why. Ultimately… The blame falls at the feet of the German government. The blame falls at the feet of Miss Angela Merkel in this case because she pushed this agenda through to open up their borders and let as many of these people in at a rate that could not possibly allow for assimilation if they had even been interested in assimilation in the first place, which, oh yeah, by the way, most of them were not. Ooh, now, now I wouldn't done it. Now, Tim, cross the line over into bigot. Okay, you got me. I'm a bigot. I'll just put that little badge of honor over here, and I'm going to keep going. The definition of hate speech and limitation thereof is not as clear-cut as people may believe. This is why America's First Amendment doesn't have a hate speech exception. What is considered hate speech today may not have been considered so 100 years ago or 50 years ago or even just five years ago. And that's what is acceptable today may not be acceptable 10 years from now. If current social justice trends are any indication, uh, we may not even be allowed to use pronouns of any kind because uh, they're all discriminatory. <clears throat> Despite this, we still continue to see in Europe uh, enactments of hate speech laws from one country after another across the EU. These hate speech laws that rest on the subjective analysis of those in positions of authority and the most easily offended among us while we're at it, if we're going to be truthful about it. For example, one country in the United Kingdom uh, made cat calls and pickup lines illegal by labeling them hate crimes. The definition of a hate crime in that country was defined as, quote, incidents against women that are motivated by an attitude of a man towards a woman and includes behavior targeted towards a woman by men simply because they are women which is just a fancy way of trying to say if you say anything to a woman and they don't like you talking to them, you just committed a hate crime. Because presumably the only reason you'd be talking to them is because they're a woman. Now, what really gets tricky is when these folks also apply this same rule to trans women because, you know, that's when it gets hard for you to tell. Is there any reason that Young men are turning to robots instead of people. I, I I don't blame them at this point. But you know what? The left's going to come after the robots soon too, so don't worry about it. If you see that as an abomination against nature, it's only a matter of time. Let me read that to you again. I, I've had to – because it's so freaking circular. I don't think they even knew what they were saying by the time they were done with this. 
incidents against women that are motivated by an attitude of a man towards a woman and includes behavior targeted towards a woman by men simply because they are a woman. In other words, if I was to walk up and say, hey, baby, which I would not do, but if I was to, uh, I'm going to get one of two reactions. I'm either going to get the, yeah, darling, or I'm going to get the, I don't have a whistle here, so I can't blow it. But trust me, you guys don't want to hear that over the radio anyway. So anyway, the point is either I'm going to get the nice response for being flirty, not that that was particularly flirty, or I'm going to go to jail. All because I said, hey, baby, which I guess I should take out of the rotation of things to say to women when I travel abroad. Or actually, if I just – if I just leave the house, maybe I shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> anyway, I think it's pretty clear to see that these kinds of definitions, uh, they're not very distinct, right? I mean it doesn't really tell you what is criminal and what isn't. It basically says almost anything that they interpret to be uh, an offense towards them. Is criminal, no matter what you said or how you said it, if they perceive it that way. So it's like, okay. So these kinds of definitions, they plague all of the anti-hate speech laws, and they open them up for abuse for those seeking attention and victimhood status. There's no question. There's no doubt. Bad things can happen. I want to know how anybody with a straight face can talk about squashing free speech as a means of protecting or saving a free society. But if you're not free to express your opinions, if you're not free to express the things that are on your mind, then you don't have a free society. This whole business about hate speech, you don't have to like it, but you don't have to listen to it. The fastest, easiest way to squash hate speech isn't to make a big deal about trying to ban it, try to make a big deal about ending it, try to make a big deal about, oh, we should cancel this person. Now, the easiest way to deal with hate speech is to ignore it. If you give it zero oxygen, then you can't have a fire. You go after somebody to try and shut them down. All you're doing is you're fanning the flames. Forbes says the leftists are stupid and very dangerous. In this case, absolutely. But in this case, I have a hard time believing that the folks that rise to the level of international leadership are that stupid. I tend to think they know exactly what they're doing, and they're only playing dumb, and they're counting on their constituents. They're counting on their supporters to be really dumb. They're counting on these people that support them and are helping them to move their agenda to not be able to stop and think about this. And sadly, that's one of the biggest reasons why we don't see critical thinking taught in public schools anymore. We don't want you to be able to think on your own. We want you just smart enough to follow the instructions we give you but not smart enough to start asking questions about why we're telling you to do what we want you to go do. We want you to squash 
all conversation when it comes to the people that disagree with us. Why? Because if they're allowed to speak, then maybe something they say will get into your brain, and then maybe we don't have control of you anymore. Explain to me how crushing freedom of expression has ever led to a free society. It has always led to just the opposite. The freer a society is, the freer people are to say and do what they wish as long as they're willing to face consequences. You want to tell me that there will be consequences? Yeah, there should always be consequences. If you say something completely off the wall that leads to you being ostracized, then so be, that should be it. The question, the question should always be, what is it that you said, and why does that mean you must be ostracized? More to the point, why does that mean I should be silenced? You don't like something I'm saying? Don't squash me. Just ignore me. At least ignore me till you can't anymore. And when you can't ignore me anymore, that's going to be because other people aren't ignoring me. That's going to be because other people are listening in and are agreeing, or at least agreeing just enough that it becomes dangerous for you. And then you're going to have to question what you believe. There's a whole group of people out there, boys and girls, that want nothing more than to control things. And those things include you. They include me. They want us to say and do what they want us to say and do, and they don't want us stepping outside of the – the roles they have assigned us. They want a, a perfect little new world order with a nice little uh, beehive mentality where we're all the freaking Borg from Star Trek. I don't know about you, but as far as the folks that are hanging out in this chat room, I'm pretty sure we don't have any Borg drones here. And I certainly hope we don't have very many Borg drones out there. You guys that are listening to this, you need to be aware. This is how liberty dies. The one thing that you have is your freedom to think, to believe what you choose to believe, and your ability to express it. There is no tyranny that has ever existed without trying to destroy your freedom of expression. And every time that I tell you only the United States of America has a guarantee of freedom of expression, this is another great example of that being the truth. Other nations claim to offer it, but then they very quickly move in to prove that you only have as much freedom as they want to give you. In the United States, we recognize that our rights do not come from government. Our governments are formed to protect our rights that come from God, period, end of discussion. You can put an exclamation point at the end instead of a period if you want. That part doesn't matter. <laughs> Chief in the chat room just said, have to go, have an appointment to be assimilated. <laughs> Don't do it, Chief. Don't do it. Occasion <sighs> uh, sharing in the chat room that Indiana wants to put a uh, tax on people moving out of the state. So much for freedom of movement. Well, you know, how are they going to tax you? They'd have to catch you before you leave, and if you don't tell anybody, boom, oh, dude, we just left. <laughs> I'm sure they would want to mail you to a forwarding address, but you know what? Don't don't leave a forwarding address. I, They can still find you, but they can't adequately charge you. That's insane. Socialism is feudalism, says Warple Bite. One rich guy on top, everybody else has to work for him. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. And what kills me here is that there is still a large number of people that look to Angela Merkel as being a leader in the world. Let's think about what kind of world she's looking to build. Let's think about what it looks like in this world that she's putting together where you're not allowed to criticize her, her programs, her government, or the people that she's brought in because she doesn't feel like the German citizens are um, having their population uh, grow at an adequate rate in order to do the work to keep the economy growing. Because that's the excuse, right? It's the same excuse we've heard from all the EU countries that want to have these open-door policies with these migrants coming from war-torn Middle Eastern countries where they're coming from Islamic states and seem to want to live in enclaves as opposed to assimilating to what the culture is supposed to be in a free Europe. (sighs) That's going to have to be it. I've got to leave it that Anyway, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. I want to hope, wish you all heading into a great week and have fabulous happy holidays. We'll get together several more times and continue to focus on that. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Not a single thing that I've said. Don't take my word for it. But definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and more importantly, be prepared to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. We'll see you again real soon. Don't leave. Be sure to come back. Have a great holiday and all that stuff. Um, I'm out of here, guys. Have a good one.